It's October 17th, 2022. And this is the Watson Weekly, your essential e-commerce digest. Today on our show, upcoming Shopify API enhancements bring both potential and pain. Walmart goes all in on micro-fulfillment with new acquisition. TikTok hiring to build global fulfillment network for its creators. Could Amazon cost-cutting give us preview of 2023? And finally, the Investor Minute contains five items this week from the world of venture capital, acquisitions, and IPOs. But first, in our shopping cart full of news. Upcoming Shopify API enhancements bring both potential and pain. Significant upgrades are coming to Shopify's APIs that will shake up the app ecosystem. These are not newly announced because some of these I recall at Unite last year, but they are getting closer. What's happening? Basically three things. First, let's talk about checkout customization. This is a way to brand checkout using a branding API, as well as to use functions and apps to add custom functionality to checkouts. This completely bypasses having to edit checkout.liquid files, which only developers could do before. These new capabilities can only be installed on Shopify Plus stores. Second, some privacy enhancements for apps surrounding customer data are being introduced. The instructions are detailed and difficult. It protects all data that identifies a particular customer's transaction, events, customer records, order records, fulfillment, shipping rates, store comments, gift cards, and payments. There are even more restrictions if you want name, phone, address, and email. Your app will need rewrites if it's impacted and extra approvals from Shopify. New apps have to meet this deadline by April 2023, and existing apps have until July 2023. If this affects you, it's something to seriously pay attention to. Third, Shopify is proposing a complete reimagination of how pixels work. A pixel is a piece of JavaScript code which has the ability to track user and page activity throughout a website. These proposed pixel changes will affect any app that attempts to track consumer behavior, which is to say pretty much all of them. Essentially, Shopify will become its own data manager, kind of like a segment, which will govern the behavior of pixels, including what events you can publish and subscribe to. You will have to register your request with Shopify. This will affect what events and JavaScript functions you can access during the execution of a page. These updates are controversial. Some developers will give up and stop. Others will see this as an opportunity, however. API changes are like that. Why would Shopify do something like this? I think the reasoning is more straightforward than you might think. Let's start with the fact that ShopPay is essential to Shopify's entire business. Add to that, Shopify's checkout must become more customizable for a whole host of reasons, not the least of which is all the new B2B scenarios that they want to enable in the future. If you customize a checkout, by definition at some point, these potentially thousands of third-party applications will have access to a brand-sensitive customer data. Post-Facebook and Cambridge Analytica, there is really no major software company that can afford to give access to customer data without privacy being built in from the beginning. I actually applaud Shopify for getting ahead of the narrative here. If you think about it, the downside risk for Shopify is much worse than the upside of making it easier for developers. For the upset developers and merchants, I encourage you to reread and read again a copy of Who Moved My Cheese and think about the ecosystem you want to be in. Our second story. Walmart goes all in on micro-fulfillment with new acquisition. 
In a widely predicted move, Walmart has acquired micro-fulfillment provider Alert Innovation according to a recent press release and reporting from Grocery Dive. The goal for the company is to help make their stores and local fulfillment centers more efficient through the use of automation and robotics. What is micro-fulfillment? Essentially exactly what the name says. Rather than having a million square feet of automated warehouse facility, micro-fulfillment attempts to modernize the back office of an existing retail storefront or dark store by reducing the cost per piece to get individual packages out of the door for the purposes of store or curbside pickup and local delivery. Walmart has a long history of working with Alert after a multi-year pilot process. If you've watched Walmart's fulfillment moves closely, they've really upgraded their teams and approach for building out fulfillment services and carefully chose their partner here. What scenarios will be used for? Primarily grocery. One of the advantages of the technology is that it can work across multiple temperature zones, and the company claims it can pick a 40-item order in less than six minutes. The automated workflow will then assemble and deliver orders to waiting associates who will then interact directly with customers. Why the acquisition? A couple of reasons. First, Walmart is the leader in grocery in the United States and has the footprint to make this acquisition worth the investment. Second, Walmart hears footsteps from Kroger and Amazon. Amazon is continuing to invest in robotics and is planning to build more automated Amazon Fresh stores. It's not well known if Amazon has a plan for micro-fulfillment. Kroger, the number two player in the space, has a number of automation initiatives in the works as well. Viewed through this lens, Walmart's acquisition of Alert is as much a defensive maneuver to prevent this technology from reaching competitors as it is offensive to help improve its efficiency and customer experience. Our third story. TikTok building an app store for logistics for its international creators. Axios scooped a story that said that they were connecting the TikTok e-commerce shop experience in the U.S. to a fulfillment network. I verified the same job listings, particularly trust and safety roles, merchant product onboarding, inventory visibility and placement, demand forecasting, and connectivity with logistics providers. In short, I think ByteDance is following Alibaba's lead with how popular marketplaces help brands handle promotional demand. If an American brand wants a promotion on Singles Day in China, you must have forward-deployed inventory in Sinao warehouses. What's the motivation? Social networks can do a lot of damage and be havens for fraud, counterfeits, and international rule-breaking. If consumers don't have a great experience, they can lose trust and creators can't monetize effectively. It's about their coveted influencer and advertiser audience. The workflow will be like this. An internationally famous creator has established a major following on the network and is now partnered with manufacturers and wants to give exclusive drops to its fans worldwide. These creators are not necessarily international retailers but need to act like them. I came up with a basic set of questions that TikTok executives must be able to answer reliably and efficiently, like these. How much traffic and interest will this offer generate? What will the conversion rate be by country? How much inventory should I secure for this promotion? What countries can I legally sell this product to? What's the most efficient way to clear customs into each country I need to deploy inventory into? Where should that inventory be deployed in each country based on demand patterns? How much inventory should I put in each location? And which supply chain provider should I work with to make this happen? If TikTok is the best in the world at answering questions like these, it's a flywheel for their business. This is a boon actually for logistics providers and infrastructure startups in these markets. 
TikTok will need to set standards and build connectivity to all players, including folks like Amazon Logistics, Shopify, Maersk, Flexport, and many others. I call it the TikTok app store for logistics that creators can choose from. Its information flows seamlessly into the creator's own portal and a governance mechanism to keep the system legal and performant. Don't worry about this year. This is much more likely planned for next year, folks. The question remains, will social commerce on this scale work? History might tell us yes. Just because things haven't worked out for Meta in the past, the top platform is different, and TikTok has definitely a chance of succeeding where others like Facebook have struggled. And our last story. Could Amazon cost-cutting give us a preview of 2023? Everyone famously heard this year that Amazon doubled the capacity in the last two years of a fulfillment network that took 20 years to build. What you may not have heard is recent news that Andy Jassy, the CEO of Amazon, is instructing employees to, quote, double down on frugality. This is according to reporting from Eugene Kim at Business Insider. Of course, this is in stark contrast to Amazon's history, which has focused much more on growth than on profitability. What's interesting about these new moves from Amazon is that the company is not typically known for this kind of behavior and employs over 150 PhD economists, which is interesting because the entire Federal Reserve is thought to have just over 400 PhD economists and they're running the entire U.S. economy. Some specific callouts for employees from the slides include maintain cash balances and liquidity, adjust inventory levels to meet demand, reduce discretionary costs not tied to customers and prioritize customer experience over new initiatives. Of course, no one can predict the future here, but when one of the largest well-funded retailers of the world is starting to prioritize cash, improving efficiencies, and reducing inventory levels, then it would be wise for everyone to take notice. What does this mean for Amazon brands? I think these kinds of strategies will have an impact on first-party Amazon businesses well into the next year. If you're new to the Amazon world, First-party sales is managed through an interface called Vendor Central and consists of inventory that Amazon buys and resells on its own. Third-party sales is managed through an interface called Seller Central, where each seller ships products directly to the consumer, either through Amazon's warehouses, i.e. FBA, or from its own. Amazon never takes possession of the inventory. Concerning Amazon and how difficult the economic problem is, it's pretty well known at this point that the default forecasting algorithm that Amazon uses to determine how much inventory of each SKU to buy is hot garbage. If the dial is turned down on that algorithm, then purchase order volumes will decline for first-party Amazon sellers even further. In response to this, I recommend brands that have high exposure to Amazon first-party to do two things in response to this heading into next year. First, Ensure that the forecasts you build for your Amazon vendor manager are better than the ones you have built in the past. Your data needs to be very clear and obvious. Show them that the demand will be there, and there are many examples of Amazon vendor managers changing their minds and getting approval for purchase orders that they denied initially. If you haven't already, I would also start to talk to your vendor manager about starting a Seller Central account. This will at least give you the green light to go ahead and learn about how to do this and create a win-win for Amazon because their website gets to keep the selection rather than you pulling it down. If these types of trends play out, it could definitely test the famous statement that on Amazon, first-party sales are for price and third-party sales are for selection. It's that time, friends, for our Investor Minute. We have five items on the menu today. First. 
Non-toxic kitchenware brand Caraway raises money to add new products and expand its retail footprint. McCarthy Capital is a private equity firm that made $35 million in investment here. In addition to supporting its new retail footprint, the investment will allow the company to keep bringing new products to market. Second, Grub Market raises $120 million from General Mills and others to transform supply chain for food. Grub Market is a technology company which connects farmers and other food suppliers to business customers like restaurants and grocers. The company also has a consumer offering which provides the same services directly to consumers. If you ask me, this part of the offering may be a bridge too far. The interesting thing here is the strategic investment from General Mills. It's not hard to see how this could turn General Mills from a company making your cinnamon toast crunch to the company providing the payments and supply chain infrastructure to power a large part of CPG. The investment values Grub Market at more than $2 billion. Third, inclusive beauty company The Lip Bar raises $6.7 million to expand its options. The company's origin story is quite interesting. The founder, Melissa Butler, started the company on her kitchen table when she realized that the beauty industry simply did not have a product that represented women of color and that was not full of chemicals. Fourth, e-commerce software aggregator Carbon6 Technologies grabs $66 million in equity and debt. The company has already acquired over 16 companies in the Amazon software ecosystem and are focused on the needs of professional sellers, which is to say the number about 200,000 in the United States. Their competitors in the space include companies like Assembly. And finally, canned water company Liquid Death now worth $700 million after a new $70 million investment. Literally, it's just plain water in a can. That's the whole story. That's all for this week. Till next time, Watsonians. Hi, I'm Rick Watson, CEO and founder of RMW Commerce Consulting and host of the Watson Weekly Podcast, your essential e-commerce digest. Our production partner for this series is Citizen Racecar. The show is produced by Alex Brower, production manager, Gabriella Montekin. To hear new episodes of the show every Monday morning, subscribe now at rmwcommerce.com slash Watson Weekly and wherever you get your podcasts.